Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better health care and a better health care system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. One of the ways proposed to reduce the cost of health care is through state health insurance exchanges that will help people obtain affordable health care coverage. These exchanges may be somewhat of an opaque concept to many of our listeners. And so on our show today, we're joined by Margaret O'Kane, president of the National Committee for Quality Assurance, which is an independent nonprofit organization dedicated to improving the quality of health care everywhere. Ms. O'Kane, thank you so much for joining me on the program again. Um, I was very interested in the report that the NCA the NCAQA put out on health exchanges. Could you start by letting uh, our listeners know a little bit what health exchanges are? Yeah, um, it basically it's a buying mart for health plans. So, I mean, I think we're mostly used to having uh, our employers choose our health plan, but um, these are being set up for people whose employers don't, uh, don't provide health uh, care coverage and um, I think in some ways it's going to be a very great opportunity to um, let plans that do a better job at providing quality, affordable care uh, do better in the marketplace. So there, there will be, depending on the state, there could be many different choices. There will be information about the quality of the health plan and um, uh, about the costs. And I, we think it's a tremendous opportunity to help uh, drive value and, and make it uh, plans business to really be working on that affordability and quality. Wonderful. So do I understand this right, that currently there's a lot of people who don't qualify and are forced into an insurance market that's quite tough, but that by grouping these people together in large numbers within states, um, states will offer one or more um, options for these people to join as a group? That's correct. So um, if your employer doesn't provide health insurance now, you're pretty much stuck with the individual market. And, um, you know, in the individual market, you know, if you have a pre-existing condition, you may not be able to get it at all, or you may have to be buying it from a, a high-risk pool that your state runs, and those premiums can be extremely high. Uh, because this will be a larger segment of the population, They'll be able to kind of pool the risk um, so that it'll be more affordable. Uh, and uh, so they, you know, I think for many people that don't get insurance through their employer, this could be a real, uh, a real help. And this is part of what comes out of the uh, Affordable Care Act 
that was passed a few years ago. So the Affordable Care Act, by requiring everybody to be insured, um, takes it from being a high-risk pool to a general population pool. Yes, that's right. Although they will still be looking at the nature of the population to make sure that um, if you get a lot, you know, if a lot of the sicker patients choose your plan, then you should probably get a bump in what you're paid so that we don't have an incentive to kind of go out and cherry pick healthy people. Will these exchanges be government run or are these going to be private enterprises? Well, sometimes they're, um, you know, the states have a variety of approaches. A number of states have passed laws that create a nonprofit entity. Um, I think Maryland has done that. I, I know a number of other states have done that. And so they're not, they're not a government entity, but they're created by a law, and they'll be funded by public funds. Um, sometimes the, the state is choosing to run it out of the state itself. And so, it, you know, we have 50 states. There'll be, there'll be uh, you know, a number of different ways that they approach this. One of the things you mentioned that I was very intrigued by was that people would have choice. So it, would a state create more than one exchange? Well, actually, there is a provision to have an exchange uh, for uh, the poor, and then there's an, ex an exchange for small employers as well. So with that, I, I think that's kind of more on the back burner in a number of states. But like Massachusetts, which, uh, you know, has had this health care reform for a number of years, they have two exchanges. Now, you were mentioning that consumers would get information. So presumably consumers would be able to choose among some options? Yes, that's correct. And I think what we're talking about in our paper is what a great opportunity this is, but that um, sometimes when people are choosing, uh, they, they're only presented with the premium information and not with their kind of expected out-of-pocket information. And it may be kind of a, a big surprise that they now have they, they chose the lowest premium, but they now have a huge deductible that they have to spend out of their own pocket before the insurance kicks in. Mm -hmm. So um, we think that uh, right up front, uh, they should be presented with the, the, the expected costs, including total out-of-pocket costs. And then we also know that quality information may be something that we want to bring right up front. And we actually think that designating uh, a plan as kind of a value plan uh, helps make that shopping experience easier. Uh, we have a lot of examples of how marketers know how to structure choices that, um, that help people choose what's in, their, what's in their best interest. And we think we need to really be pretty aggressive about this because we know people are, they, they don't like shopping for health insurance. I think, uh, I, I don't know anybody that does actually. And, um, and they find it confusing, and they find themselves being uh, often emotionally kind of upset because they're worried they're going to make the wrong choice. I think that colors the experience. So trying to make the choice as easy as possible but give them the right information right up front, that's the challenge. G giving people too many choices is, is a real hassle. So if someone were presented with hundreds of choices, it would be um – What's the word I'm looking for? It would be absolutely paralyzing, I think. It is, and, and there's plenty of evidence to show that. Uh, on the other hand, if you kind of put them in order of their value, uh, then you know people may not have to cruise through the hundreds of choices. So I don't think I, I can't imagine any state where there are going to be hundreds of choices, but they're probably going to be enough that it's kind of overwhelming. Now, 
providing information on value is great, and I presume value means high quality and low cost. How will you That's measure right. quality? Well, I mean, we have a whole set of measures that are in wide use. Uh, you know, 118 million Americans are covered by plans that have that. So we think that's a great start, and that includes measures like, um, you know, how well does this plan take care of its people with diabetes? How well do they do with preventive services? But it also includes actual feedback from actual members of that plan about can I get access to a specialist when I want it? How is the, you know, can I get, can I find a primary care physician? If I have a problem, how effective is the member services department in helping me resolve the problem? So we have a lot of really good information and um, that can be made transparent to the consumer. Is there anything you think should be done better than what's in the current plans for exchanges? Well, I, I think that um, a lot of the states are somewhat uh, overwhelmed by the prospect of putting these things up. Uh, there, there are huge issues around the eligibility determinations because, you know, there's a huge subsidy involved uh, for many people. Uh, that's one thing that's very important to understand, that if you're a very low-income person, uh, you're going to do much better shopping through the exchange because they're going to subsidize your coverage. Um, uh, but that means that the exchange has to have an interface with the Internal Revenue Service so that they can validate whatever income information you give. So it's really complicated, and, um, and you know, there's going to be different types of products. So uh, more coverage is called a gold plan. Uh, you know, more deductibles, more out-of-pocket is going to be called a bronze plan. So if you think about all the dimensions that the states are struggling to implement by 2013, uh, it's a big deal. So, um, you know, it... it Whatever we can do to, I mean, I think that the states are somewhat, um, there. I mean, there's a, there is some talk about, well, we'll get to the quality part later. And I think that worries us because we want this to be very salient to consumers, want it to help them make the right decision. Because we know these are kind of sticky choices. Once you choose your health plan, you're, you're pretty likely to stay with it. So getting that choice lined up the right way the first time is really important. That sounds like very good advice. Thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Healthcare exchanges may offer a tweak to our health insurance system that possibly could improve the quality of health care to some degree. This follows along the kind of things we discussed last week with Dr. Schrank at the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services Innovation Program. But I sometimes wonder whether changes in how we deliver health care insurance is really um, quite limited in what we can do because we'll still be suffering from the limitations of third-party insurance-based systems. And we discussed that in more detail last week. On our program next week, we're going to discuss a different approach to improving health care. And that is improving how well people take their medications. We'll be joined with Rebecca Burkholder, who's Vice President of Health Policy at the National Consumers League. We'll be discussing their upcoming campaign to improve how well people take their medicines. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's program. 
and will join us next week. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare. 